Hello from Los Angeles, and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is Michael Benner, and today, October 21st of 2012, we're going to cover talent number four. So this is the fourth in our five-part series called The Five Talents, our mini-series, so to speak, uh, given that we do these podcasts about 49 or 50 weeks out of the year. Uh, this is a little mini-series. But soon to be a seminar coming to a location near you, at least if you're in Southern California, it's likely that we'll be bringing this seminar to your neighborhood soon, probably sometime in January or February. We'll do the first one in, I'm thinking like the Hollywood, Burbank, Pasadena area. That's usually where I teach because it's centrally located. It's close for people in the L.A. Basin, San Fernando Valley, San Gabriel Valley. It's all sort of central to that. People on the west side and people on the east side and down in Orange County, I guess they're used to having to drive long distances. We will get down there from time to time. We do. We speak at universities and churches and service groups from time to time. Best way to know when that's going to happen and where is just to keep your eye on the newsletter. If you're not yet receiving the weekly newsletter, all you have to do is go to theagelesswisdom.com and on the initial splash page, you'll see a big button, free newsletter. Click on that and you can leave your name and your address and you'll begin to get the newsletter. All we really need is an email and a first name, but if you fill out the mailing address, sometimes we send things hard mail regular old-fashioned snail mail. So include that, too, if you can. And uh, then you can keep track of what's going on. The fourth talent of five talents is follow your heart. Now, this is a pretty well-known saying, to follow your heart. Those of you in L.A. in the San Fernando Valley, you probably know of the health food store by that name, Follow Your Heart, in Canoga Park. Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist and uh, teacher of comparative philosophy, comparative myth, and comparative religion, is probably best known for saying this in a slightly different way, Joseph Campbell would say, follow your bliss. And uh, actually, I have a quotation I want to share with you from Bill Moyers. Just before he died in 1987, he did a series with Bill Moyers of PBS. And somewhere in that series, Moyers said, to Joseph Campbell, do you ever have the sense of being helped by hidden hands? A little nice alliteration, helpful hidden hands. And Campbell says, all the time, it's miraculous. I even have a superstition that has grown on me. I'm sure he said superstition with a grin. Uh, as a result of invisible hands coming 
all the time. Namely, that if you do follow your bliss, you put yourself on a kind of a track that has been there all the while, waiting for you. And the life that you ought to be living is the one then that you are living. And when you can see that, you begin to meet people who are in your field of bliss. That's a nice phrase, your field of bliss. And they open doors to you. I say, follow your bliss and do not be afraid and doors will open where you didn't know they were going to be. So follow your bliss and also don't be afraid. Campbell was also very well known for having written about the hero's journey. This is the central myth in all legend and folklore. It's the single story in every other story of consequence. The hero's journey is really a personal journey inward. This is like uh, in the early Star Wars movie where Luke, I think it's the second one where Luke Skywalker meets Yoda and he has to go into this cave underground and he said, what's in there? That's sort of scary, that dark hole. And Yoda says, only what you take with you. And his greatest fear, of course, is himself. This is what is so profound about the hero's journey. Number one, you can call it a vision quest. You can call it a crusade. You can call it a jihad. Properly interpreted, it is never waged against anyone other than yourself. The adversity is within. It's your fear and your resistance. And when you face your fear with a shield of love and a sword of truth, you can step directly into what you do not understand about yourself. And in order to follow your bliss or follow your heart, you must first face your fear. A lot of this is in talent number three, which we talked about last week, owning your feelings, owning your heartache, healing the hurt so that you can actually then follow your heart. How are you going to follow your heart if every time you turn in that direction, you just get a lot of pain <laughs> and confusion, right? So you've got to face the fear, recognize the fear as a symptom of what you do not yet understand about yourself. That's what fear is. It's always a nightmare. It's always a bad dream. It's always a fantasy made out of what you do not understand about yourself. That's very important to know. So when you face your fear, this is the hero's journey. Then you're facing what you do not know and understand about yourself. Stare at it long enough, you'll begin to understand yourself. And then the fear will vaporize and you can follow your heart. So it's a little paradoxical. But that's why it's so important when Campbell says, don't be afraid to follow your bliss. I mean, what is the fear of following your heart? Yeah, that you'll be disappointed. Uh, I, I remember being told as a child, don't get your hopes up. 
Fortunately, it was not the only message I received as a child. I was also told in a rather confusing and contradictory way that I could be anything I wanted to be and I should dream big. But I do remember definite times when I was told, do not get your hopes up. I don't want you to be disappointed. Well, if you think about it, disappointment's not that hard to handle. We deal with disappointment on a daily basis, right? And for those of you who have a little exposure to Buddhism, you'll recognize the Four Noble Truths in this. We, we set ourselves up for discontent for uh, what Buddhists call suffering. It may be a bit strong, uh, but certainly uh, discontent or discontentment, unhappiness, through our desire for things to be other than they are, you see. And without recognition that, don't worry, because whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, it's going to change anyway. Nothing is permanent. All things are impermanent in this world. Nothing lasts. Everything's going to change. Uh, it won't be sunny that long before it's going to rain, and no matter how hard it rains, eventually the sun will come out. No rain, no rainbows. <laughs> so it's all good. You can just accept that. We work way too hard at trying to solve problems that would resolve themselves all by themselves if we didn't do a thing except accept the way things are. But this is contrary to a person that has goals and dreams and wants to achieve things. And so in Eastern philosophy, indeed in the wisdom traditions of the entire world, there's an understanding we must find a balance between acceptance and your desire nature. Between just accepting that the universe is the way it is and this day or this thing that just happened to you may be dreadful, but it is what it is, right? And before you can do anything about it, like initiate an even-tempered, well-reasoned response, it's a good idea to accept the reality of what's just happened. Instead of fighting against the stimulus, turn and choose a perception and a response that serves you. I beat this drum a lot. It's very important to understand your responsibility for choosing your response. That ability to choose a response is called responsibility. So often we have to accept and cannot influence something that's already happened. It's too late. What are you going to do about it? But I can manage, I can control, I can manipulate, if you will, I like the word manage, my perception and my response. There's where I get my power back, all right? So there is a middle way, a balance. It's not always the 50-yard line. It moves around. But there is a middle way between accepting that things are the way they are and there's nothing you can do about it and those things that you can influence or persuade or create or manifest in your life. Achievement is a wonderful thing. Setting goals, 
the quest for knowledge, the curiosity to want to understand. It's not an either-or gang like so many things in life. It's both. Learn to be more accepting and learn to set reasonable goals. And if and when you do get disappointed, deal with the disappointment. Big deal. Set a new goal. Learn from what somebody else might call a failure. When you follow your heart, you have to be aware of the difference also between your thoughts and your feelings. This is something we're going to talk about in depth in the premium training that follows here in about 15 minutes or so, a little more than that. And if you're not yet enrolled or registered for that, you can do it at any time. There will be several minutes between the time this free forum ends and the premium training begins when you can jump over there and with your ATM card, your bank card, you can register in about 60 seconds. For a single class, a 13-week quarter, get a nice discount for that or an even deeper discount if you enroll for a full 52 weeks. And sign up. The thank you page will have the URL and the password you need to meet us at 1.30 Pacific today, 4.30 Eastern. And if you do buy the quarter or the full year, you'll get an email in subsequent weeks just before the class with that week's URL to get to the premium training for that particular Sunday, along with the password because it is a tuition-based class. This free form, of course, is podcast, and so... There's no point in, there's no need for passwords or anything like that. So we're going to get into this in depth. What is the difference between a thought and a feeling? And what happens when I try to use my thoughts, said another way, try to be reasonable, isn't reasoning a mental thought process? Try to be reasonable about my feelings Try to use my thoughts to understand my feelings. You recognize how futile that is and how the key won't unlock the door. It's just the wrong key. <laughs> it's the, you need intuition to understand your feelings. So when it comes to follow your heart, there is a mental aspect to that, a decision-making process and so on. And we'll talk about how do you, how do you know the difference between thoughts and feelings, and when it's time to think about thoughts and use your intuition to better understand how you feel and why you feel the way you do. And then we'll talk about problem-solving and decision-making, how to set a goal, how to walk that middle way between acceptance and the desire to achieve, and the importance of goal-setting. We'll talk in the premium training at length about the only two kinds of problems there are in the world. Did you know that? That there are really only two types of problems. There's the kind of problem where you know what you want, but you're not sure how to manifest it, how to get it or get there or, or make it happen. But you do know what you want. The other kind of problem is, I don't know what I want. It might be I don't have the vaguest or foggiest idea 
what to do because I don't know what to do about what. I don't know what I want. How could I know what to do? And I'm not sure how to know what I want, how to follow my heart in this regard. So we're confused about this because in school, the the lesson was if you know the solution, if you have the answer, if you got if you got it right on the test and you know the answer, problem solved, and that's all you need in the world is to know the answer. But the truth is we have lots of problems where we already know the answer. The problem is how do I get there or get it or, or make it happen? So when you divide your problems into these two categories, is this a case of I know what I want, but not what to do about it? Or is this a case of, gosh, I don't even know what I want. How do we use our mental nature and our ability to follow our hearts to sort the problem into one or the other? What if it's a little of both? (laughs) Well, there are some problems that, well, I sort of know what I want, but I'm not sure how to get it, but I'm not even sure I do know what I want because I only sort of know <laughs> you're you're in the middle now between knowing what you want, but the problem is how to get it, or the other problem, no, I, I, I wouldn't recognize the solution if I already had it. It might be right in front of me. This may not be a problem. I may already have the solution. I just don't know. So we'll cover that. Sorting your problems into one of these two areas or dealing with the possibility it may fall in the middle and what's the strategy then when we sort of know what we want but still not what to do about it. And uh, then how to follow your heart. How to follow your bliss and not be afraid. And how to stay on track when, particularly when there are people all around us that are telling us what we cannot do and why we will not be able to do it and why we're certain to fail and the experience of all these other people, you know. People telling you what cannot be done and particularly what you are not going to be able to do there's no shortage of those folks. There, <laughs> there are lots and lots of people, just about anybody, can stand there and tell you what cannot be done. It doesn't take any brains. It doesn't take any courage. It doesn't take any insight or understanding. And that's why it's such a popular thing to do, to be negative. And to try to make up for your failures by tearing other people down. Misery loves company. People are going to try to pull you down to their level to prove that it's not a personal failing on their part. Nobody's getting ahead. And we have these pity parties and we commiserate. And it's not very healthy. It's not a good idea. So avoid those people. And avoid those conversations and surround yourself with individuals who are positive and who affirm your success. 
who believe in you, who understand that even a temporary setback could be seen as a success if there's something you can learn from your so-called failure. What other people call failures, you will call learning lessons. Incorporate what you learned from the situation and continue to move forward. Ready, aim, fire. Aim, 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 aim. Don't you see? You are not an arrow or a bullet that once released or fired cannot be recalled. You are a cybernetic device. You can adjust as you move toward your goal, your target, or your desired outcome. So it's ready, aim, fire, aim, aim, aim. Learning as you go, you see. Most people just give up too quick. People that admit that they failed at this or that or the other thing, take a careful look. Chances are they didn't fail. They just gave up. It was too hard. They threw in the towel. They didn't believe in themselves. They didn't believe, as Joseph Campbell said in that quote I read you, that the universe conspires to support you when you follow your heart. And it really does. The universe will support you, especially if your dream is life-affirming and positive and goal-oriented and for the betterment of all concerned, all of humanity in the one life. The universe will support you in that because you're supporting the universe. You're all working together in magical and mystical ways that we don't really understand but you can prove it to yourself. Let's do a little mini exercise. I'm going to check the question and answer page while you do that. So if you have a comment or a question and you'd like to leave it in the text box, you'll see that in the lower left of the web page in front of you. If not, just click on ask a question. And I see a few people that are saying hello here, friends of mine. Carol in La Habra is always here, and she says hello. Carol, nice to hear from you. And several others here as well. Close your eyes and relax. Take a few slow, deep breaths. And as you exhale in particular, ah, feel a letting go feeling in your body. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, create and sense a feeling of relaxation, a feeling of letting go, feeling very safe and relaxed. And after two or three or four nice, slow, deliberate, deep breaths, inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the nose or the mouth. Turn that breathing over to autopilot and visualize in your mind's eye as we've done so many times before your place of perfect peace, your beautiful place of perfect peace. 
Your special place of ideal relaxation. Maybe it's a forest or a sunny meadow. Maybe it's a beach or a mountain top. Just dream it up. The feeling you're making it up is exactly the right feeling. And find a place to sit, allowing my voice to guide you. Listen also for the sounds of this place. Birds singing, the wind and the tops of the tallest trees. Smell the fragrances of this place. Feel the earth beneath you as you sit upon it. Feeling rooted, grounded, connected, plugged in. And just as you feel rooted to the earth, feel a connection at the top of your head. As if you're like a battery that's charged up by attaching to the poles, the polarities of earth and sky, of the ground and the source. And you're in the middle. Like a dry sponge soaking up an elan vital, a life force, a ki, or a chi, kundalini, prana, holy spirit. Just feel that life-affirming energy that illumines and animates you, charging your batteries, restoring and renewing and re-energizing you. And reflect upon facing your fear in order to follow your heart. Your own personal vision quest, crusade or jihad, where the only adversity is your own personal resistance, your fear of what you don't yet understand about yourself. Those are the dragons, the only dragons that need to be slain are the ones within you that have no substance but are made of your fantasies and your fears and your worries and what you do not know yet about yourself. And consider that there are only two kinds of problems. Either I know exactly what I want, but I'm not sure how to get it, how to get there or make it happen, but at least I know what I want. I could describe it, paint you a picture, show you one just like it. Maybe it's a thing, an object, a relationship, or a circumstance, an event. Then the only other kind of problem would be, I'm not sure what I want. I don't know what I want. I may already have it. I'm really not sure the goal or the solution or the desired outcome that I'd like to attain. The reason I don't know what to do is I don't know where I would end up. I need to have a goal or an outcome in mind first. And then a strategy, a goal's primary purpose 
is to determine the direction. And as you approach it, you can modify, change your mind, peek it and tweak your goal a little bit. And having said that, take a nice, slow, deep breath. Hold as you peek and as you exhale, relax. Uh, Open your eyes, wide awake and alert. And reflect upon that. Maybe make a little list of your problems. And stay tuned because the seminar is coming up in a couple of months. I'm sure there will be a book for you. This is part four of the five talents. And ideally, for just a couple of bucks, less than lunch, you can join us in just two minutes for the premium training. Enroll at the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinar, then premium training. And the thank you page will have the URL and the password. And we'll see you over there in a minute or two. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Better. So long.